Welcome to the game with Glenn Quartermain and Adrian Barrage. Court is a veteran footy scribe with hands so small he can only carry two pints. And Barra, an Eagles original, Earth Demons diehard and regular face on Channel 7. Hello, Adrian Barrage here from 7 News. He'll tell you about the 1991 grand final, except he got dropped after the prelim. We don't promise any fancy sound effects or bells and whistles. It's just two blokes talking football. Well, g'day everyone and welcome back to the Quarters and Barrett podcast, proudly presented by Tab Touch. Got the touch this AFL season? Better your bet with Tab Touch and remember to gamble responsibly and call Gambler's Help on 1800 858 858. My name's Chris Robinson in the chair for the great Glenn Quartermain, who our thoughts are with this week. And alongside me is, of course, Adrian Barrett. Barrett, how are you this morning, mate? I'm um, well, mate. Yeah, big, big morning. It's and uh, happening. I'd like to send my best wishes to, on behalf of Michaela and I, uh, to, to Glenn as well. Yes. And you already have. Um, yes. Vale Arthur, his dad, wonderful fellow by all reports, a real gentleman. And Stephen Quartermain's a good fellow too. Obviously, that's uh, is that his older brother or younger brother? Uh, his older, older brother, wouldn't yes, it? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Mate, I was very impressed with your column in the West today too, the uh, statistical <laughs> column. How long has that been going on? <laughs> have, have I only just caught up with it? Because very good, mate. Thanks, mate. You could I'd do a just, segment around that. I'd like to just give a few little pearls of wisdom for the nuffy stats and facts tragic like myself. Yeah, so, I'm, the, I'm the same. I think everyone loves it, mate. I'll just try and provide just just one or two a week where someone goes, oh, okay. No, Didn't that's that. really good. I, I was super impressed. I'm, actually, I'm that's very right. impressed with your uh, performance, <laughs> my friend, because uh, when I tune into the hardball gets and, you know, Ryan and uh, Zaves, they're obviously experts in the field because yes. they work, one's on radio every day and the other bloke's a presenter at seven. Yes. But you and Nick, uh, Rin as well. Like, we try and keep up. And Jacko, fantastic, mate. We try and keep up. I'm, Thanks, I'm, mate. I'm serious. But looking at that column, you know what was amazing? Sad. That you had that stat about Michael Walters. He's had 19 shots at goal. 17 goals. 17. Yeah. Yeah, the best set shot kick in the AFL. That is amazing. And Freo fans know this already, right? As soon as Michael Walters has a set shot at goal, you're pretty much marking it down in your book. I wonder that uh, good. Amazing. I wanted to bring the paper in and go through the rest of them, but <laughs> you, you're probably on a short time frame. There's been a big news story, of course. There Stewie has Jew. been. Yes, Stuart Jew finally, well, finally. There's been plenty of pressure and speculation around Stuart Jew's job, as we know. Almost six whole seasons at the Suns, they haven't had more than ten wins in that time. Um, and so freshly axed, uh, in the past hour or two for us going to air this morning. What were your thoughts, Barry? Obviously not overly surprising, as I said, given that record, but always disappointing to see a coach sacked. What were your thoughts when you saw the news this morning? Well, I was a bit confused because it was a little bit surprising because the CEO six days ago, Mark Evans yes. came out and said that the coach had his full support and, you know, things were going okay. And, you know, we'll look at his, his an extension even and all this sort of stuff. And whereas Carolyn Wilson on television was saying, uh, no, I'm hearing bad things. It's, something might happen within, you know, four weeks. Of course, Caro looks like a genius now. Yes. And the people that attacked her are really sort of having to apologize. So I think Robbo and a few of the others that sort of went, went after her and said, how dare you say those sort of things? Well, she's been proven right. Um, in one way, I sort of admire the sons because they had a board meeting last night and they decided, you know what? He's not the man for the future. We're not going forward with this guy. Probably he's either gone at the end of the year. He's definitely not getting a, a, a contract extension. He had another year to run after that. And so they had the guts to, to actually ax him today. 
um, rather than just sort of let him coach on to the rest of the year and everyone knows that he was going. Mm-hmm. So at least, because yep. I, I always reckon, and now that I'm a president of the club, I always reckon the way you act is the reflection on you you as a person and the club and your character and your integrity. And so at least they had the guts to do that. Uh, they went through the same process a bit with Guy McKenna, didn't they? Remember mm-hmm. when they got rid of our man Bluey? Yep. And I thought he was a bit stiff. I think Dewey's a bit stiff too. I don't know if it's ever going to fully work up there. I know no finals for six seasons, though they still are only just, what, six points, like a game and a half out of the eight. Yeah, they're seven and nine. So they're still they're still within some sort of range if they could get hot late. It's unlikely, but they're still within some sort of touch. They're, they're actually ahead of the Dockers, aren't they? So uh, I think same record, yeah. And the yep. Dockers are thinking that they could – Dockers are 14th. I think the Suns are 13th. They're probably thinking they can still get there, even though it's six out of seven. So – I don't know. What was your reflection on it all? It's, I find it horrible. Ever since I had to, I had to. I mean, I, ever since I was involved in telling Damien Drum that he'd been sacked, mm-hmm. like I've just shied away from all that stuff. I just can't take it because it's just, you just see the pain that it causes, not me personally, but being sacked. Have you ever been a chance to get the lemon and sass anywhere? Have I ever been sacked? Oh, gosh. Do, do you want me to tell this story? Yeah, I've been sacked. I... Hang on, is this a painful story I didn't know about? It? If it is, I did not know, and I'm not just... It's a painful story from my past. Um, oh, I'm happy to God. recount it, this though. Is this okay? This is when I was 17, oh, and I was working at a local cafe. This is one of my first jobs out of straight out of year 12. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to tell this, this story. I'll tell good. this story. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd done two shifts there. This is my third shift. <laughs> and I was so still, you know, getting to know everything at the cafe, sort of coming up to speed with things. And I'd been given, after my first shift, I'd been given a menu of everything <laughs> at the cafe. And the boss said to me, take this home and, you know, sort of get familiar with some of the prices so you can, you know, when people order, you sort of know what's going on. After my first shift, so I did one more shift. And then on my third shift, I was at the till and someone came up and ordered and they wanted a peanut butter roll, which is obviously not a very popular item at the cafe. A peanut butter roll. A peanut butter roll. One of the lesser used items on the menu. Never asked for before. So it was a bad time for my boss. Was it five, the kid? No, it was a fully fledged human. Fully fledged adult. So it was a bad time for my boss to sidle up alongside me while I said, peanut butter roll, oh, that will be, and I had to look down at the menu because I didn't know what a peanut butter roll was. <laughs> anyway, so before I could even tell the person how much it was, my boss sort of said, oh, I'll take over here. And then he said, now that will be, and then he had to look down to see how much it was. <laughs> Such was the rarity of the item that was being requested. Right. Um <laughs> I can see this is painful. This yeah, is, this yep, is yep. traumatic. So it? 17 year old me. So he said, yep, you know, go back and do the washing up or whatever. So I was doing the washing up and then he came and sort of started chewing me out and saying, look, you've got to get up to speed with all these prices and da, 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 da. And then 17 year old me, if I had my time again, I obviously wouldn't have done this, but 17 year old me said, well, in fairness, you didn't know the price for it either. And you're the boss. <laughs> Which I thought was a perfectly never acceptable pointing. thing to stand up for myself, and never he just good. sort of he just sort of nodded and went, "Okay," Mate, and then point. walked away. And I sort of kept doing the dishes, thinking, "Yeah, I'm pretty happy with the way that went." I think I stood up for myself, worked the rest of the shift, and then at the end of the shift, he basically said, "Yeah, don't come back again. No one speaks to me like that, etc." So I was like, "What?" <laughs> Nobody, uh, never a good tactic pointing no. out flaws in the boss. I learned as a seventeen-year-old. <laughs> Listen, you idiot! You didn't yeah, know. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but, but no. Did, what did you learn from that, my friend? What did I learn from yeah, that? Yeah, like uh, you've got to not pick to your moments your a little bit and show a bit more tact if you're going to push back on something <laughs> that your boss wants you to do. That's probably the the biggest what lesson. What did your parents say? They say, "Good on you, Rob. Good on you, Chris. That was um, good. You stuck it up him." 
I think they found it pretty humorous, yeah, actually. Like yeah. I'm finding it very humorous. But well done, my friend. <laughs> I, I had the same thing when I was doing a milk run in Canberra. Because you know, on the milk runs, you know the milk runs, you used to deliver milk to people's houses. You're probably yeah. too young, you guys. Yeah, anyway, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Young, young men used to deliver milk to people's houses. And they, people used to put out bottles and you'd had to match the bottle or you have to remember what they had sure. on your whole thing. And yep, you had a book yep. and you could refer to it. Anyway, one, I must have ballsed up about 15 deliveries, you know, <laughs> over the journey. And the place is just, Barry, you're just not getting this, eh? No, I'll quit. And the other one was I had a job at a kiosk and I worked for two days. And because I was so big, like I was a big guy and in the kiosk, it was, it was in the middle of a shopping center, not much room, you know, those kiosks. Yeah. yeah. And so he just couldn't get around me. <laughs> so mate, I've been sacked for being too big. <laughs> so we've had some horror stories, you and me, my friend. Oh, mate. Not I'd... as bad as Stewie Jew today. No, definitely not. And Let's I mean, get back to him. Yeah, we should. Some of the comments um, from the Suns chairman, Bob East, who spoke just, uh, just before we came into the podcast, um, talking about how they're unashamed, unashamedly holding the club to a high account at a very high level and said the decision hadn't been influenced by outside noise or who may or may not be available. There's some skepticism around that because of course, Damien Hardwick has been installed as a very, very short price favorite Mm. to be in the frame to take this job. Do you think realistically they have sounded out with Damien Hardwick at some sort of formal or informal level? Hey, if we do this, do you reckon you might be a chance to come here next year? Well, there's several factors there. Uh, there was a bloke sitting next to Damon Hardwick when he stepped away from the game who's now at the Gold Coast Suns. So he was working with Hardwick and he's up there already, uh, uh, surname Cameron. Also, I believe that Damien's got a – might have even looked at an office up in Burley Heads or something okay. already. Right. Went on holiday up there. So these could all be just coincidence, but – there's, I'm not, there's no doubt that they'll be chasing Damien. I mean, you'd have to go after him with everything. You'd have to, and he's in such a great position now, isn't he? They know he knows he's the prime candidate. Mm-hmm. They're trying to play a straight bat, but unless Adam Simpson or who else, who else could come over the top, there'd, there'd be no other option really, would there? It'd be Damien Hardwick or the Bush for them. You would think so. Otherwise, I mean, it's, it's Justin Lepich or someone like that. Isn't yeah. It? Well, some of the other names, sort of in the early frame, someone like a Lepich, a Don Pike. All eyes are on Andrew McWalter to see how he goes mm. with his Richmond interim job and whether he. It looks like he is in the frame to get that job. Um, Andrew McWalter, so, Damien Hardwick. Yeah. Which yeah. way do you go? I'm my pretty friend? sure if Hardwick is available and keen and willing, then that's uh, what we'll be saying, right? Almost certainly, he's going to be the coach. I tell you what's interesting is. Um, does he want to be the coach? Because it is a bit of a uh, poison chalice, isn't it? No one's been able to make it work. They've had unbelievable concessions over the journey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do you want to be happy, Dimmer, or do you want to go and coach the Gold Coast Suns? That's what I'd be saying to him. Because that's that's going to be a stressful – He has he'll have to play finals. Yeah. And uh, do you think – I mean, have you been up there? The lifestyle just does, it just doesn't suit itself to professional sport. Oh, that's what I have, have uh, It gleaned. doesn't. And even the stadium, I went and covered a game there a few years ago. The stadium is sort of away from everything. It's not, yeah. you know, sort of in the heart of the city. It's sort of, you know, surrounded by golf courses and stuff sort of a bit further out. So even that is not, you know, greatly accessible for people who are just having a holiday at the Gold Coast or just living in the guts, just saying, hey, should we wander over to the footy? Oh, no, nah, it's a bit of a, you know. Yeah, it's a bit and, tough to get to, rugby, so that about, doesn't help. All about rugby league and the rugby league background, of and course. Guy McKenna got the lemon and sass because um, basically some boys were partying and stuff, and I, I can totally understand that if you mm. live on the Gold Coast. But how's the concessions that they've had? 
The last rescue passage, uh, package, they were guaranteed the number one draft pick in the 2019 draft, right? I know you love stats. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used to select Matt Rowell and Noah Anderson, fairly good players. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And they also scored an extra pick at the start of the second round that year, as well as a mid-first round selection in 2020 and the first pick of the second round in the 2021 draft. Um, the, the Suns sent the 2020 selection to Geelong to trade back and get, end up with Jeremy Sharp, which turns out to be not a great decision. Then they had a salary dump with Will Brody. Um, and then they had extra concessions as well. The Gold Coast Academy access zone includes Darwin and they've got the ability to pre-list players without having to match opposition bids. So they've been given incredible concessions. The Dockers must look at it and go, oh my God, compared yeah. to what we got, yeah. it's just diabolical. Yeah, I think so. And, and part of the problem for them now is they've sort of been stuck in that no man's land for the past three or four seasons where you don't want to be. So they're not absolutely mm. horrible in getting those real, real, real top-end picks. So their past four seasons have gone five and a half wins, seven wins, ten wins, and now seven wins with seven games to go. But so still a chance to play final. Still a chance, but most likely they're going to And they just played the two best teams, didn't they? Yeah, that's right, yeah. But they're I, most that, likely going to finish 10, silly. 11, 12, 13, which is just not where you want to be because you're not in that finals, right in that finals frame. Are you a bit cynical about the timing, four or five I mean, bit. they play Collingwood. I mean, it's a massive crowd. Biggest game in the Gold Coast since Piatti yeah. Ablett was there, right? I think that was the one that did it. The Port game, they were, well, they were up at halftime. Uh, they were feel? up by a kick at half time and then they I sort know. of fell Getting away. Getting sacked after playing the top two teams. Yeah. Mate, that, the timing you can be cynical about. Um, but if you're looking at pure numbers, it's very hard to go six seasons and not make finals as a coach yeah. and survive into a seventh. It, it just is. And you know why they moved on him now? It's because he has to get into position, Damien Hardwick, to make the calls on players mm-hmm. who we getting rid of, who we keeping. What do we need in the draft? All that stuff has to happen, yeah. start happening yep. now ahead of October, November. So really that they had they always move on you around this time yeah. if you're gonna go. And we sort of saw it sort of puts you in A one position as well to ward off other clubs mm. who also might be looking at Damien Hardwick. So we sort of saw a similar yeah, thing true. with Clarko last year. Exactly. Um, North showed their hand early, Essendon sort of came too late in the end. Um, and couldn't quite grab him. But unfortunately, Hardwick would have to play a role in that. He'd have to say, look, I've got to get in there soon mm. because I've got to decide who I like, who I think is going to fit my style of play, my philosophy, who I want to get rid of, who mm-hmm. I can trade, who we should go after, what we need to play finals. So, you know, you don't want to stab anyone in the back, but you've, he would have, he's got a lot of stuff to do there as well. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Watch this space. It's certainly taken – and we'll take a bit of heat off Frio um, for the performance they put in on Sunday, which hasn't ended their finals hopes, but gee whiz, it took a significant bite out of uh, their September hopes. What did you make of Sunday afternoon, Barra, a game that Frio went in as favourites, looking to sort of kickstart that finals push, and then really from the opening minutes uh, where they couldn't get the ball past halfway in those first sort of four, five, six minutes, you thought, oh, this is not a great sign here. What is going on with their first quarters? I mean, it's, yeah. it's only two. They won two, two this year. Two out of, what, 16. Mm-hmm. And they lost the whole string at the back end of last year as well. I think they lost their last four or five or six first quarters at the back end of last year as well. So there's definitely something going on at the start of games. They might have to get some uh, inspirational speaker in there or change it up or meet at, a, meet at a pub beforehand, not a pub, like a cafe or something, and have... <laughs> 
coffees together and just change it up. Just not rock up the same way. I should wander up bus. and join that guy who plays guitar on the roof just before the bounce. <laughs> just get up there and get some perspective and listen to some ACDC. Or get a bus even. Like get a bus from Coburn instead of, I don't know if they do get a bus. They probably do get a bus. Do they? No, they drive there. So get a bus, get all, get on the bus, play a bit of loud music. You know, Cuzzy was saying, Ben Cousin was saying that, he got to a stage where he, wanted, he thought he was losing his edge, so he'd stop drinking coffee before the, a game, right? Okay. So he felt really shizen, like, because they have so much caffeine, don't they? Mm-hmm. Maybe load them up on caffeine tablets. That might be the other thing. I know some of the stars at Dockers used to have five or six before a game, caffeine tablets. Okay. You, know, you know, those um, ones you do when you study and stuff, and I didn't study much, but apparently you take a lot <laughs> when you're studying at university in year 12. Anyway, because he, he would not have any, so he felt really bad up until the game. And, and then when he got to the game, that's when he had two really dark co- coffees. Okay. And just to bring, just himself, him. just to bring himself back up. That's yeah, how much okay. he thought about stuff. As I said, I wouldn't have thought about that at all. I was flat out <laughs> eating spaghetti the day before a game, you know, the carbohydrate loading. But the stars, mate, that's how they operate. That's but great. I, but I'll tell you one thing that worried me, going into that game against Carlton was they weren't cocky but I heard a couple of interviews and I think Caleb was one of them I love Caleb fantastic having a great year that's all wrong yep but he, they were saying someone asked him it might have been one of your blokes about the size of the midfield of the Blues and how you're going to counter that because mm-hmm. they don't have a lot of size they didn't mm-hmm. play Will Brody uh, Fifey's not there Mundy's retired you know, Johnson's a baby. He's going to be a monster, but he's going to, he's like two years away from sort of getting, starting to hit his prime. Now, Rasmus is not bad. He's he's pretty good size. So those guys really yep. need to come through. Yep. It's almost like they need to draft someone for another two years. Bring in, I mean, Jager's pretty good, but he's not huge. Yeah. But he is very strong. But I heard Caleb say, you know, you just got to get on the move. We'll dominate the ruck because they obviously knew going in with Sean Darcy was going to smash Silvani and Lewis, what's his face? The other yeah. ruckman. Yeah. And I think it was 70 hit-outs to 18. So, and 22 20 advantage. to advantage. But Ma- lost the clearances massive. somehow. Yeah, yeah, somehow lost the clearances and the stoppages. So you're thinking, wow. So he said something like, um, you know, we just got to get on the move. And, you know, when you've played in the midfield and you know what you've got to do in there, you just, there's, you just can't be on the move. I mean, you can be on the move and they, they quickly, the opposition mo- works it out on you. So if that's your only technique to be on the move, to mm-hmm. run into the – to run into the stoppage or run into the to the bounce down or the throw up as a, at, at good pace and just try to get Darcy to put it in front of you, that's going to work once <laughs> or twice. Yeah. And then the other bloke, Cripps, is going to go, right, I'm going to kill this guy when he comes through next time. Or, you know, Kennedy or whoever their big dog's in there, Adam Chera even. So you've got to change it up and centre play, midfield play, um, stoppage play, you've got to start using your body, working off mm. guys. You've got to have like 16 different – and uh, that really worried me when he said that. And that's what happened. The, the, the Blues were ready for him and they just dominated. They knew that Darcy was going to win it. Silvani just sort of had to halve it or make, take the edge off it so it wasn't hit onto a chest like yep. Nat Nui used to be able to do. Yep. And they just towed him. Yep. They towed him out of, the, out of the stoppages and clearances and I think they kicked five or six goals from stoppages as well. So th- there's a lot to learn there. Akers was too big for Liam Henry. You know, he worked off him. Um, Johnson tried to take on Cripps toe to toe. Can you imagine a young bloke like him having to take on Cripsy? Yeah, like that's he, the he's thing. He's a monster. And that's a really good point about the big bodies because a lot of people, obviously guys like Brayshaw and Sarong get the headlines and rightly so, but to lose Mundy and to not have Nat Fife there for most of the past couple of seasons, even if they're not racking up the kind of Hollywood numbers, 
they're play, playing a really important role in being those bigger bodies, knowing how to free guys up. Whereas someone, as you say, like Matt Johnson, who only has a handful of games experience, hasn't quite potentially figured that out yet. Hasn't quite bulked no. up to where he needs to be. Um, so that's going to take away a bit of time. that fifty. They subbed him out. Yeah, and now that Caleb, well, actually Caleb's challenging. So that's just broken. Hasn't yes, it? just yeah. as we've come in, Caleb Sarong will Freo will challenge that rough conduct, uh, dangerous tackle on Adam Chera. I feel like this is one of the ones where he could potentially get off. Yeah, no, I had to look at it too. Have you looked at why you think he could get off? Um, oh, I'm, I'm the wrong person to ask when it comes to mechanics and legal jargon and all the rest of it. But in just in terms of the naked eye test, when you compare it to some of the ones that we've seen in the past few weeks and months, I don't think the impact was quite no, that's as it. bad. And I don't think the forceful motion was quite as that's bad. That's exactly right. So that's what they'll go after, no doubt, because he, he does pin his arms and he does bring him down. And there looks like the head does kind of hit the ground, but it's it doesn't look like medium impact. And Chera played on. It was best on ground. Mm. Like Former Chera- teammate as well, which just adds a tiny little wrinkle if he's asked about it. You think he went after him? No, 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 no. I'm going the complete other way. If Chera is kind of quizzed on oh, it, is he yeah. just going to go, hey, they never I know Caleb's wrong. He's no, a good or, bloke. Or, or, He'd never want to do this. And it was there was nothing in it. And that's why they don't quiz players anymore, opposition players. Because they, <laughs> they try to do the right thing. <laughs> Imagine if he just jumped in and just said no. <laughs> Remember that time when Campbell Brown tried to look after Juddy and he basically told a pork pie? <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. One of Campbell Brown's Campbell. many, many, many. No, yeah. he's a great man, Campbell. <laughs> and if you hear this, Campbell, I love you, my friend, and your dad. And I was not implying anything, but you are a great man. I know you try to look after Juddy. But I think they can get it reduced to low impact, so yeah. you might just get a slap yeah. on a wrist. Well, they'll the certainly Jeepers, need it against, need uh, against Collingwood at the G. He's been, oh. If he's not been their best player this year, he's certainly in the top two or three, Caleb Sarong. Mate, that midfield. Mm. I mean, can you imagine just going in? So they're going to rise, aren't they? There's going to be a response from Freya because he's so embarrassed, particularly the midfield. I hope Caleb's playing because they're going to have to show something. I'm not sure they can beat him, but I reckon they'll have a real crack at the MCG. But then you look at the midfield and you go, it's it's like, oh, my God. So Dugowie goes through there. Nick Dacos is probably going to win the bloody Brownlow. Pendlebury's mm-hmm. just broken the all-time possessions yep. records. Yep. Taylor Adams is like – Fourth banana, like they just get you go. Oh my god, this is incredible! It's a great challenge, but how do you get on top of those blokes? How do you get on top of a midfield like that? You need Darcy to have play out of his brain as well. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that's the problem for Frio is that numbers wise, Darcy did play out of his brain on Sunday, <laughs> and they got brained because um, they were sort of outsmarted by Carlton and, and their midfield. If yeah, Sarong doesn't play, who do they bring in? I mean, like Will Brody's injured unless unless he's unless he comes back in a bit of a miracle. He he could come in. I was just trying to think. Uh, O'Driscoll could come to a wing. Um, yeah, and you probably just shift Aish in there a little bit more. Aish is going to have to go up against Nick Dacos, isn't he? No one's been able to stop Nick Dacos. There's been no, no. cooler that has worked. Everyone's been hotter. It's almost like, it feels like with Nick Dacos, I know he's shifted into the midfield, but you know there's that patch sort of four, three, four, five weeks ago where Zach Butters was so hot and Dacos had just, by his own lofty standards through those first seven or eight games of the season, just peeled off a little bit. You feel like Nick Dacos has looked at that three weeks ago and just gone, oh, oh, you guys don't think I'm a certainty to win the Brown? Okay, watch this. And then he's just <laughs> gone bang, bang, bang. And if there's bang. any doubt as to whether this guy's going to win it, his past couple of weeks have just gone, there's probably five votes right there. That'll that'll lock me down. Do you reckon that um, you reckon he's the favourite now, eh? Easily, yes. You've got him yep. going past yep. the, uh, who else is Well, there? our friends at Tab Touch have got him at $1.80. Bond. Petrarca is in the frame. Butters is in the frame. Bont's a little bit further back off the top of my head. 
Um, obviously, Clayton Oliver has dropped off with his absence over the past five or six games. So it would take something extraordinary slash he'd need to get suspended, I reckon, <laughs> for Nick Dacos to not win it. And he doesn't seem to be, I was saying to someone yesterday, he's, he's not in the mold of someone like a Fife or a Dangerfield where he's going to put himself in you know, potentially reportable kind of situations mm. with a big body and all the rest of it. He doesn't really seem like that kind of player. Um, so the chance of him getting suspended, you think, are pretty slim. Um, yeah, I, I think it's his. What I a think season. Comfortably. What a season. I tell you what is interesting too, because the, there's going to be have, they're going to have to make changes, aren't they? He said that we're going to make changes. We're going to Freo. Yeah, come from Peel. I reckon Freddie's in the gun. I'm sorry to say this, but I think Freddie almost needs to go back and get and get a bit more confidence, kick a few more goals, because you've got Switter, Lockie, and. Freddie mm-hmm. and they all like like nine nine of the guys had under ten possessions on the weekend, mm-hmm. which is just unacceptable. I reckon Freddie might be in the gun. Bailey Banfield is the bloke who always gets the chop. Yeah, should they persevere with him and make him like a Jack Gunston? You know, try to make him that sort of player. Stop dropping him. Orders mm-hmm. Sam Sturt. You just keep playing. Yeah, it's a I mean, tricky one. So at least with Banfield, you kind of always know what you're going to get. Right, he's mm-hmm. a very predictable player you know you know exactly what kind of effort he's going to give so plenty of questions for justin longmere and the match committee to mull over what else could we talk about any more games out of the weekend i feel like st kilda is starting to become a bit of a worry now so max Mm. king goes out for the season with that shoulder we've sort of seen this before a little bit with ross Lyon teams where they sort of come out really strong then they sort of just start to to hit a bit of a lull. So St Kilda, they dropped their four of their past six, mm. and the only two wins in that time being against West Coast, which wasn't convincing, um, and Sydney, who are also a bottom four team. So they're just starting to stall a little bit, and now they go up to Gold Coast this week yeah. and face the Suns. We know that clubs that have just sacked their coach very often get that initial yeah. sugar hit bounce. Because players are so weak. They yeah, won't do it and they're up home. They're the a little bit different with that notwithstanding that calling with game. Stephen so King's coaching them, isn't he? Stephen King will be the caretaker who used to play for St Kilda as well, which adds a nice little wrinkle too. So, yeah, a very danger game for the Saints if they want to keep touch with that uh, the lower half of the top eight. Someone was saying, how's St Kilda's year this year? Uh, all their next opponents, they got the Buddy 350, they got yeah. Cochin's 300. They always play Buddy in a milestone game. <laughs> they, got Eagles. they got the Eagles off that record loss. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Now they're going to have Jude, the coach getting sacked, rebound game. Very St. Kilda areas. Uh, the schedule opens up a little bit from memory off the top of my head after this week. They just need to navigate this they one. Got to beat if the they Suns. can go to the go to Gold Coast and just ward off that danger, um, you know what? they should when, be okay. When they were winning pre, in the early part of the season, Max King wasn't playing. That's true. So yep. And that, Tim Embry missed some of those as well. So it, the blueprint is there. Seb Ross is out. Zane Cordy's also missing. So they've, they have had injuries. Um, yeah. And you just start to wonder if clubs have just had a good look at them now and just started to figure a few things out with regard to how to get past them. And Melbourne's the other one that's just, what's happening there? I mean, without Clary, they're, they're kind of like no good without Clary. Mm. I mean, they had to push Petrarca forward to kick goals. They can't do that every mm-hmm. week. Cosie Pickett has, I don't know what's happened to Cosie. He had four four disposals <laughs> on the weekend. Um, yeah, they so need to find a way to get him involved, don't they? Their forward line just not functioning. They don't look like premiership contenders at the moment, do they? Mm-hmm. It looks like it's out of Collingwood, Port, and Brisbane. Yeah, say that. Yep, it's tough to it's tough to find someone from outside that big three right now. 
Mm. Better talk about the Eagles, I guess. You want to talk about the Eagles? Yeah, let's talk about the Eagles. Um, <laughs> what do you got, mate? It was about. Off you go. It was about what we expected. <laughs> I'm always interested. I mean, we saw and there was a bit of noise about it last week because it was historic. The uh, the points line that the bookmakers put out, which was I think it settled at 82 and a half by the time the bounce went. They lost by 81. So Brookies, in terms of what was, amazing. yeah, I know. In terms of what was That's why quote unquote expected, it was pretty much exactly what was expected. Yeah, what did you make of it? Barra. I mean, obviously McGovern back makes a massive impact just to shore up that defense and, and paper over some of the cracks back there. They probably get Hearn and Shuey back mm. this week to take on the Tigers back at home. So you can see them getting a bit That'd of be a, a silly chance, wouldn't they? Potentially. Yeah. They're paying, I think, seven bucks again, thanks to our friends at Tab Touch and again, gamble responsibly, especially if you're thinking about betting on the Eagles at the moment. Um, <laughs> what, would the, what would the line be? The line is about 40. Oh, you'd have to take Give or that. take a goal or two. You'd have to have a look at that if that was your thing. I'd, you think I'd Eagles at think. the line? Yeah, absolutely. Dollar 90. Yeah. 40 points. They're not going to get beaten by more than 40 points. Oh, they, I shouldn't have said they that. They did have a run of, they <laughs> did have a run of uh, 12 straight games where they got that? beaten by 40 plus <laughs> <laughs> up until the Saints game. Back the, okay, if Bunga <laughs> and Shuey, let me qualify, if Bunga and Shuey play... And they play well. Yeah, yeah. And Richmond <laughs> are a little bit down. And Dusty's sore. They may not. And and Shea's back home. And he's oh no. When Shea comes back home, he fires that last quarter against Frio. Mate, the last quarter of footy he played in WA was exceptional. Apparently, he had forty tickets to the game. Is that so right? he's brought the whole crew. And um, he loves he loves he loves you know performing in front of his family and, yep. and extended family yep. and loved ones and friends. So. What about Brady Hoff, though? Yeah, yeah terrific yeah, game. Good. Yeah, we have to shout him out. Really uh, kept Charlie Cameron in check. And for someone who is only a second-year player, which is easy to forget, um, and everything West Coast have been through this season, that was a really admirable performance. Yeah, and yeah. I know Charlie's gone off the boil, Charlie Cameron. He had 34 goals in 11 games. And since then, well, in this, in this game, he had uh, – so he had 34 goals in 11 games. Then he had three goals in four games. And he's eight touches, two clangers, and two behinds mm. against Hoff. Yeah. Hoff, you would be loving. I mean, they love that. I mean, that's the gr- – uh, I know you guys hate using green shoots, but <laughs> what's the new term you've used? Oh, on Hardball Gets Podcast, a sourdough starter. You know, oh, when you're oh, sort of starting to make – Pardon? <laughs> when you're starting to make bread. Excuse me? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> for, those, for, those people, that. for those that's listeners cr- who – That's like, shocking. That wasn't one of mine. But for those listeners who started making bread during the pandemic in particular, they might be familiar. Oh, it's a pandemic but, reference. Well, I think there are a few different hobbies and stuff that came up in those years. Mate, work on that. But that I is, don't like green I wasn't in that either, podcast, that. so that wasn't me. I just want to that's remove good. myself from that's that. Good. Let's give them a better expression. in green shoots. But that's what Eagles fans need to see over the last seven games of the season. Things they can cling to. So Elijah Hewitt showed yeah, them that against me, St mate. Kilda. Yeah, exactly. um, a couple of weeks ago, and then backed it up. Was pretty good against Brisbane. All things considered, Brady Jimby's, Hoff. Jimby's um, Jimby has this quickest eagle to 100 tackles. Yeah, see that yep. 16 games. You love the stats. Yeah, I do. Took him only 16 16 games to get to 100 tackles. Second best was 19 games. Mark Hutchings, tagger. Yeah, okay. Third best was Prittis, the best tackler. Mm-hmm. 21 t- games he took. Mm-hmm. And Prittis had a bit of you know age on him as well. And and Redden was the other one on, on 21 mm-hmm. games. But do you know Matt Prittis well? Uh, not well, no. Mate, have you ever sh- sh- 
shaken hands with Prudence? I don't think so. The biggest hands. Yeah. What's that movie with those blue people in it and stuff? Avatar. Avatar. Okay. Mate, full blown Avatar. So you're saying he's the he's the reverse Glenn Quartermain. He's got big hands <laughs> as opposed to Quarters' minute hands. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> is, he, is, is he actually got small hands? Is he? Quarters very small hands. Yeah. You know what they very say about small hands. Small hands. What's that? S- small feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. Um, should we get into the mailbag, <laughs> mate? Before was, we, before we the crack dump out button, of here. the dump button, ready to go. <laughs> Saddle up your camel. It's time for the thirsty camel mailbag. Of course, brought to you by Thirsty Camel Bottle Shop. Send in your feedback to Quarters and Barra at wanews.com.au. I've got a carton of Swan Draft to go to the best letter, which we'll announce later in the week. Barra, should I kick us off with yes, one friend. that I've got in my hot little hands? From John from Doubleview. High quarters and Barra. I listen to your podcast every week and I do enjoy every episode. I'm at a complete loss on how Frio have gone so far backwards this season, especially over the past two weeks. But sacking Justin Longmuir isn't the answer because it will cost Frio far too much money and we have a decent future. I've got a trade idea, which is not to do with Fremantle. Just wanted to give the Fremantle uh, feedback. So this is the trade idea. West Coast pick three mm-hmm. for Hawthorne's future first rounder as well as Denver, Granger, Barras, and Tyler Brockman, mm. the two WA boys, and Hawthorne pick one. Okay, there's a bit going on there. Um, is he trying to help the Eagles? or the, He's trying to help the Eagles, is he? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's just an well, Eagles. I like that Hawthorne one a lot. Denver, Denver, Granger, Barras. Bringing the kids home. Early doors. Big fellow, though. Mate, he'd be handy. He'd be really handy. Yeah, mm. I, don't, I don't mind that at all. What has happened with Freya? Last week I said – I quit because I was driving here. I was thinking, what's happened to Freo? And I, I actually said it on the podcast and, and uh, some of the Freo people didn't like it. All I was saying is if they do miss the eight, what has happened? And now I've worked it out. Obviously, the four blokes that they let go plus Monday, they must have known they were going to slide from fifth, but I don't think they think they they would have slid right down to 13th yeah. or yeah. 14th. Um, yeah. They'll probably end up 11th to 13th. It's a, a pretty big slide and I get – the second youngest on the weekend, they were the mm-hmm. second youngest yep. team, weren't they? Yeah, I think that gets overlooked just, a little bit. Just over just Hawthorne. how young they are, and you know you can't expect Amos to you know kick goals every week and be the star because they're going to sort of work him out. So much is on Jackson's shoulders. He's obviously playing hurt. Um, it feels like their midfield they're going to have to get someone because Jago Amir has come in. He was supposed to replace David Mundy. But I love the bloke. He's fantastic. But he ain't David Mundy. Mm-hmm. He's replaced mm-hmm. Will Brody, basically. Mm-hmm. So Brody's somehow slipped. He's out of the team. Jager comes in. No one's replaced David Mundy. They're waiting for Johnson to replace David Mundy, but he's going to be two or three years before he's David Mundy, isn't he? If he ever gets to being totally, David yeah. Mundy, he's yeah. one of the all-time greats. Yes. So I feel like they need to get another big midfielder and because Fife, you just don't know whether he's going to be able to play midfield again mm. or whether he'll be back even. Yeah. So it feels like if they're going to challenge next year, they must challenge next year because can you imagine this time next year and they're out of the eight, J-Lo will be in the same situation that Stewie Jewel will be in. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They'll be going, well, we're going forward with this bloke. What's happening? I mean, I hate to say that, but, you know, that that's the brutality of the game, isn't it? Yeah. Well, speaking of coaching and, and those in the box around Justin Longmuir. This one, this letter is from Matt from Vancouver, Canada. Yep, Matty. Emailing for the first time this season. Firstly, welcome, Barra. I've been enjoying hearing the stories from back in the day. Uh, I'm emailing about the disappointment that is Fremantle this year. And it's a really good point. Something that has been understated is the loss of Josh Carr as an assistant coach who's gone back to Port Adelaide. While Joel Corey was a great player, it is showing that he's better suited 
to that than being a development coach. Uh, the same thing happened to Port when Voss left. Now they have Carr and they're back to winning. Which assistant coaches should Fremantle be looking to poach this offseason? I mean, can, can you sort of talk us through the, the club environment and how important, because we do have a temptation to just look at the head coach mm. um, and you know everything, ultimately the buck stops with them and we saw that with Stuart Dew this morning. But how important in this day and age in particular are the development guys, the assistant guys, the specialist sort of line coaches in terms, massive, of, in massive. terms of getting it done? And Pre- Josh Carr is obviously a massive uh, hole to fill Particularly there. Josh Carr. He was highly rated mm-hmm. and is highly rated where he is now too. So, And he controlled the midfield. So Matty Boyd, I, f- I feel like you know what's going to happen now. If the Dockers finish 13th, it, they will be tweaking their assistance. So they were, they're always in the gun. So it feels like Matty Boyd, you know, he could go back to Victoria. Joel Corey, I don't know where he's at. Jamie Graham, fantastic guy, fantastic guy. But whether, you know, there's going to be a tweak somewhere. I reckon they should go after Stuart Jew. Seriously. I reckon the Eagles and the Dockers should just go after Stewie Jew. I mean, Simo probably wouldn't like having Stewie Jew in, under him in some ways because, you know, it's like an heir apparent. But that's exactly what he needs. You know what I mean? He needs – because Sam Mitchell was his – Josh Carr, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Remember Sam Mitchell, 2018? 2018. Controlled the midfield. Coach, yep. Mate, the boys – the midfield boys just speak – they still talk about the stuff they learned from Sam Mitchell. Mm-hmm. So I reckon Stewie Jew, Hawthorne Premiership star, you know, knows what it takes, has had the reins himself. I'd be throwing – you know, some sort of offer had him from West Coast and from Frio, but they definitely need to bolster those areas. And I hate to say that because it means there'll be some movement at the station. But you know what's going to happen with the Eagles? This is my prediction, right? Yeah, go. Shuey, Shuey and um, Bunga come back this week. They go close to beating the Tigers. They go under the 40 mm-hmm. points, right? Yeah, so they, you can make a case They beat that. the spread. Yep. They beat the spread, yep. as you say, you guys say, mm-hmm. American like stuff. I love American <laughs> okay. stuff. I don't know why I'm American, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> you, love, you, you love the NBA, don't you? We do, yeah. NBA, yep. don't you? Yep. Yeah. Isn't Absolutely. that what they call it? Beat the spread and all that? Yeah, yeah. The line spread. Yeah. Pulparama? Yeah. So, no, there's Pulparama, but you know what I mean. <laughs> so, they, what, where was I going with this? <laughs> so, <laughs> so this they'll come close happen. this week, yeah. Yeah, so yep. they'll come close. Have you got their uh, draw from then on? Because. Give me 10 seconds. Because you know what? I'll, I'll stretch, you know. So on TV, we get that signal, stretch, Barra, stretch. Yeah, Barra's actually talking. stretching with his hands yeah, yeah, for those right. of you who can't <laughs> see us, which is everybody. I've been giving it to Cuzzy, Cuzzy, stretch, mate. <laughs> so, okay, so the Eagles fixture after this weekend is they go and play Carlton in Melbourne. So Then winnable. they have the big one against North back here. Yeah. Which so is, they'll be setting themselves. Yeah. And they don't, they they don't want to come with, off the bottom because they want to get Harley Reid. So it's tricky. It's tricky. It is, yeah. But I'll give finish it a, with Essendon, a derby, the dogs away, and Adelaide at home. So they're going to have one, at least one more win, maybe two. I don't think they, they won't want any more than two. I don't so, think they'll be getting any more than so two. So Richmond, out of that batch. Silly, chance, silly, silly chance, will beat the spread for sure. Carlton. Silly chance. Are they really Over turned there. the corner? Are they really that? Do you think, do you believe the Blues are back? I, I don't believe the Blues are back. I think they're probably in a, in a different space than West Coast. Back enough right to, to beat the Eagles. Particularly in Melbourne, yeah. yeah <laughs> they're yeah. back enough to beat the Eagles. Yeah. But yeah. then, mate, North... Clearly, they can beat North. Clearly, they can beat North over here. I mean, yes. it'll be the two teams trying to die. Who can die fastest and lose, and lose this game, won't they? Because they'll all be – because Hawthorne, Hawthorne looks like it's sliding too, and North will want to finish second last. They won't want to finish third last because there's, you know, great kids yeah. to be grabbed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in terms of those last few after that, so at Essendon, no. A derby, probably mate, not. let me give you the derby scenario. This is what I was leading up yeah, to. Yeah, okay. Go you know what's happening, don't you? 
Because they win the Derby and everything's sweet again. Who do, West Coast wins the Derby. If, if, so that is like the ground. Not, not at Fremantle. It's not if West Coast win the Derby. Yeah, not at Fremantle, but I'm talking Crikey. at West Coast. Okay. If that, they will be thinking, you know what? Let's just load up. Let's have everybody ready. Have McKenna, um, McGovern, Cherry Ripe. Where's Yo? What about Liam Ryan? Could they get him back? Jamie Cripps will be hitting his straps. Bunger, come on, shoe. This is the one. We win this, everything's sweet again. <laughs> Seriously, everything's sweet again. It'll be, Nizzy, you want to stay a bit longer? No props, buddy. We beat the Derby. We won the Derby. We beat the Dockers, mate. We finished bomb. Who cares, mate? We won. The <laughs> this is the, you know, that, that's what Eagles fans would be thinking. Okay. We'll have to dig up that uh, producer, Michaela. Just take a note of that timestamp. We'll have to dig that up just in case if that happens they get in across four or five line, weeks. Because they'll be setting themselves. Yeah. If they beat North Melbourne, it'll take the edge off it. Yeah. Okay. So yep. just let me put that rider on. If they beat North, they'll go, holy crap, we can't afford to win another one. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> so, that might just change so things a little the, bit. The narrative will change, my friend. <laughs> that's great. You've got to get across this stuff. I love, love, I love the look ahead. And as I say, we'll definitely make a note of that and uh, we'll be revisiting <laughs> that if, it, me, if it comes happening. No, 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 no. It's good. I love a fearless prediction. We'll get to some more letters later in the week. I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm just saying that's the mentality. They'll, they'll throw a good punch. Yeah. Well, they did in the first derby of the year, right? They were right there at three-quarter yeah, time. Yeah, and the boys won't be able to help themselves. Four or five guys. It's an Eagles derby, isn't it? Uh, it will be their home game. I'm pretty yeah. sure, yeah. Yeah, yep. so everyone will turn out too. So it'll be 50,000. Eagles fans, because that's their last roll of mm. the dice, and they want to be there. Because might be saying goodbye to one or two as well. Yeah, yeah, and have to farewell Bunga, yeah. and and well, uh, possibly Shuey and whoever else. But then they have got another home game against Adelaide. Yes, which they could get spifflicated. So you're right; it'd probably be better in the Derby, wouldn't it? <laughs> spifflicated is an outstanding <laughs> word you just <laughs> used there. I love it. Um, we'll get to more letters later in the week. Thanks to the Thirsty You want to wrap it up, mate? Well, yeah, mate. I think we've got to, mate. There's just too much <laughs> happening today. Plenty more Stuart Dew wash up. We've got plenty of Eagle stuff going on. But um, we'll mate, leave a few more seriously? topics to talk, to talk about on Thursday. I know the editor listens to this. He's very good, this Chris Robinson, Anthony. Very good. Well, hopefully the editor heard my story about learning about not to talk back to the boss. So he'd be very happy with that <laughs> a bit. bit more subtlety, please. And apologies mate. to everyone who had to sit through that cafe story. Do you, do you, know, do you want to know that before we get out of here, I'll tell you the sequel to the story, which is almost as good as the original. Oh, that's good. I've so heard that before. Literally, that? Yeah, it's Hutto. Uh, literally, probably six months after that, I still hadn't. Oh, you I was married like, his daughter. No. <laughs> I was doing like basketball refereeing or something, but I was still kind of looking for a bit more of an um, ongoing job. So there was a sports store. I'm not going to tell you where the shopping center is, but there was a sports store inside the same complex up. as where the cafe was. It's not Karen Up. Smaller than Karen Up. So I applied to a job there and we were sort of weighing up with my family and I sort of thinking in the bit where you had to fill out on the form, like, do you have previous job experience? And we sort of thought, do I put that I had three shifts at this cafe, like to be you know, I had a job or is that just going to count against me as in like, why mate, did mate, you get fired? It, it, do you tend to overthink things? Yes, definitely. Yeah, because, because you know what, so, when you get those forms, you don't read jack shit. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't read that. all the, you yeah, don't yeah. read all the terms and conditions when you sign your latest <laughs> no, Apple. No, the, I, the yeah. employee. Anyway, so we decided not to put my three shift, two and a half shifts at the cafe before I got fired on my work experience thing. Put the form through. Everything was looking great. Hey, come in for an interview. Um, you know, we're interested in you for getting this job at the sports place. Da, da, da. So mm. I went to the sports shop, saw the main guy there. Hey, yeah, we're really excited to see you. We'll just have a chat. Here, come, come over here and we'll just go sit down in this cafe. Went to the cafe. <laughs> Not a word of a lie. We'll just come over here and just have a coffee at the cafe. And the, and the guy who had fired me came out and served us the coffees, <laughs> Did he had a bit it? of a knowing look at me, and then 
<laughs> undoubtedly days later or later that day had a quiet word and said, oh, you don't want to hire this guy. And I didn't get the joking. job. You're joking. He sunk you. I killed Mate, the interview. give me his name. I was I'm a go- prime candidate. I'm going to chat Obviously loved my sport. How long ago was didn't this? Didn't get the job. Uh, 2004. Oh, I forget it. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're sweet. Well, you, mate, you've kicked on anyway. Thanks, mate. You've done yeah, you a favour. Yeah, yeah, thanks. You didn't want that it's bloody job at Jim Kidd. My other tip to people listening for their young for their young yes. people in their family yes. to get a job. If you want to get a if you want to get a really good job and you want to get a, a, an interview, say you're going into a law firm and you really want to get an interview. Mm-hmm. Here's my tip, right? You ready? Producer Michaela's starting to write this you're, down. You're I'm not sure if you're about to look for another job, Michaela, or if you're just taking down this advice. Yep, Barrett, yeah. off you go. This might be a bit Pen tricky. The ready. tricky for Michaela, but you might be able to do it. Okay, you ready, grandparents, parents, young people listening, young men, if you want to get a great job or a great interview at a great organisation. Yeah. You ready for it? Yeah. Row. Do rowing. Do rowing at school. Do rowing whenever you can. That's not where I was expecting all that to go. <laughs> all my mates, my mate owns a huge law, law firm. He says, when the blokes come out of school, year 12, and they've got their resume there and they want to join us to do their articles or whatever and they want to do their stuff there, and he looks on their resume and they rowed for their school or they rowed somewhere, he goes, right, you get an interview, son. You're at the top of the list because okay. rowing. You're up early. You're up early. You fall in a line. Yeah. You can't stop rowing. You've got good rhythm. When you're rowing, you ca- you've got to be the team, man. You've got to guts it out. Pretty you're jacked used to upper body. That's it. Well, I don't know about the jack bit, but wow. it's just the mental side of it, rowing. If you've done rowing, you are a strong mental person, a mentally strong person. Great. And, um, That's a good yeah. piece of advice yeah, on the way out. That didn't come out quite For as good the, as I thought it would, but anyway, there you go. <laughs> all the young boys and girls out there, do rowing, otherwise you'll be up the Just creek row. without a paddle. Let's get out of here, Barrett. We'll see you again on Thursday, mate. Thanks to our friends at Tab Touch for the pod. Got the touch this AFL season. Better your bet with Tab Touch. And remember to gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help on 1800 858 858. Thanks for listening, and we'll chat to you later in the week. If you're a fan of the podcast, why don't you get in touch? Send your thoughts to the Thirsty Camel mailbag at quarters and barra at wanews.com.au. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and of course, tell your mates. This has been The Game with Quarters and Barra.